Welcome to the Warren Beast Podcast, the podcast that, you know, when when you're feeling a bit down and, you know, maybe, maybe you just lean your head up against a, a really big tower and, you know, then fall over. Or you'll just crash into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. This is how I'll always remember you. Surrounded by winter, forever young, forever beautiful. Rest well, my love. The monster who took you from me will soon learn that revenge is a dish best served cold. Why? I'm Kendall. Why? Why? <laughs> You'll... Why would you play Mr. Freeze's? Why? You'll see. This episode? I'm You'll confused. see. You'll see. We'll get there. Uh, I have a feeling. I have a feeling Greg, because Greg like rewatches it. It's a visual thing. I'm gonna see if Greg yeah. catches it. Hmm. We'll we'll get there. Um, but yes, this week we are. Reviewing. Oh, I'm Kendall. Did I say that? <laughs> you already said that. <laughs> did you say it? I don't think he did. Yes, he did. I was listening because I remember last week when he wasn't sure if he said it or not. So I was waiting. <laughs> I do. I do. I do want to point out that is how awesome that sound clip is. I think that's the first time I've ever played an impromptu sound clip in order to have a joke that will completely, uh, derail the podcast and not and no one interrupt it because that well, sound I, clip is I fucking awesome yeah. a little bit. well no I you mean, can laugh I, 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 did, I, I did hear you laughing a little bit and like for me it was like i was like why why mr freeze i was just i was just so confused i was like it is really good though it is very yeah. well done it's a fucking it's one of the best pieces of animation ever so it deserves to be in a podcast where we talk about animated okay mm-hmm. uh but yes so we are reviewing season two, episode eleven, Endgame Part One, The Downward Spiral. That was a lot to say for an episode title. <laughs> and some would say an appropriate title, as I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the downward spiral already started happening for this series a little while yeah. ago. Well, even in the reader's question, there was I some liked this bad. episode. Mm. I honestly think it's more of a trend than this episode specifically. <laughs> there was like good parts of this episode, but I thought that yeah. like certain things were like this. The series feels like it's very rushed and has poor pacing, and there's a lot of stories they they could have expanded on and made it made more, seem more natural. Like, and we'll get to it, but yeah, like Megatron. Megatron was good this episode. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. I thought characters were smart this episode. Mm-hmm. People did things that made sense. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like some some of Optimus's shit, and like like they were like the sh- the shields going down, and we're gonna do nothing about it. And that was their plan. And then they get mad that the shield goes down, even though they didn't have a fucking plan. So like, I don't know. Whatever. We'll get to it. But yeah. So, Kendall, what do we have in this day in history? So in this day for this day in history, I went to my mental archives 
Um, I was going to make a joke about my old homestead.com uh, webpage or possibly my AOL Instant Messenger webpage, but or I have conversations. But no, this day in history, November 4th, 2000, I had my 13th birthday party. Oh, wow. We stayed up all night watching Celebrity Deathmatch. Uh, and, uh, my, it was, it was probably, I think it was the last birthday party that I had until my 22nd birthday because, oh, wow. you know, because you go through a phase when you're a kid, you have birthday parties as a kid. I kind of didn't have any as a teenager. You just had like, you know, dinner with the family or whatever. And then once you're in college, then you have friends and you want excuses to drink. So you celebrate everyone's birthday again. Yeah. Um, Yes, but that was I had a bunch of friends over for a sleepover and we watched Celebrity Deathmatch all night. It was cool. good times. That's cool. In high school, I, I would have birthday parties still, but that's because we would use it as an excuse to all get together and like game. Like, we would usually have like Halo land parties on birthdays and stuff like that. It's fun. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just didn't. I mean, I also didn't that's have fair. that many friends in high school. So, you know, oh, well. Now it's suppressing. <laughs> I mean, I mean to be fair, I didn't have that many friends before or after high school either. So I mean, yeah, I don't know why. Now that's it's an more depressing. <laughs> oh, I got a trivia. There's you want uh, me to- no, I've got oh, there's like there's oh. three paragraphs here. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's quite a there's a couple of like really big notes in the. In the TF Wiki too, which I would not be surprised if they actually carried over to uh, IMDb. Okay, this is a dumb piece of trivia. If Viacon factories can be as easily destroyed as seen in this episode, how come the Maximals never targeted them before? I did actually wonder that same thing. My thought was they were just busy. If I, it feels Why like is a lot of these... as a piece of trivia. Oh sure, that's <laughs> trivia. Yeah, that's just an opinion. I mean, that's, that's just calling it out. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. listed under goofs. But, like, usually those are, like, co- legit continuity errors, not just, like, pointing out maybe questionable storytelling. Uh, let's see what these... Scene that, that threw me off was that when, when Black Arachne is like, we just dropped 12 gigatons of, <laughs> yeah. of, of solid titanium. I'm like, why is that building so heavy? <laughs> That's way too heavy. 12 gigatons? That's way so, too heavy. <laughs> see, when you make drones, you have to make sure that everything's dense. Okay. So Optimus, <laughs> this is a long paragraph. So let's see what it says. Optimus Primal reasons that the captured Transformer Sparks cannot be released because he fears Megatron would recapture them. This is a crucial logical mistake on his part. By releasing the Sparks and placing them inside new bodies, he would gain a large number of allies' troops with which to fight the already weakened Megatron. Not to mention, if Megatron captured them again, it wouldn't be too difficult to find and release them again either. But instead, he leaves the Sparks where they are and continues to rely on his few friends to win the war. I, this is probably the same. That was probably the same person who's just like, like it's he's basically writing either, a. But they're not wrong. He's writing a review of the episode. <laughs> And, and finally, like Silver Silverbolt specifically says like we you have more troops. Yeah, and yeah. Is, uh, uh, Megatron's small and frail diagnostic drone body manages to survive an immense explosion at Ground Zero. Considering the explosion tore the factory apart, <laughs> it should have detonated him as well. Well, to be fair, this is listed under plot holes, but they're not really plot holes. They're just for, I don't know. I don't quite, I wouldn't quite call these. Inconsistency. Like it's not, it's not they're not continuity errors. It's just kind of. Uh, they're not continuity errors or plot holes. They're just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like call outs. 
I mean, I think Megatron would Megatron's small and frail diagnostic drone body could. I mean, that, that's fine. It was the it. other things that I kind of agree with them on that I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, Jordan, go ahead. All right, so um, there was actually only one animation and technical errors where it says during Megatron's duet with Nightscream, the stream of sonic waves hurled at Megatron, uh, Force Spear seems to blot out part of Megatron, uh, even though even though both the sphere and the waves are supposed to be transparent. At the point where the two meet, you can see the background through Megatron. So that that was just a little animation thing. Uh, then we've got the you know usual continuity errors where. Uh, they're asking why can't Megatron just transfer his fargo into one of his Vehicon shells? He's got hundreds of them laying around. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Uh, Night Screen says that the drones will arrive within minutes rather than cycles. Uh, it points out basically what Kendall just said from the IMD that, you know, that, well, it actually does it in a cool thing where it says perhaps more than any other episode of Beast Machines, this one calls out some of the illogical concepts driving much of the series. Primal won't risk releasing the sparks until Megatron is defeated because Megatron might recapture them. Yet by passing up the chance to have thousands of additional troops on his side, Primal seems to be making their recapture all the more likely. The real answer is that the show's CGI format made it prohibitive to have thousands of extras running around. That's true. So I'm going to defend. I'm going to defend Optimus here. I mean, I I'm not saying that it's that he's totally right. I think yeah. the the idea is if you were um if you were a, a an elite military group that was that has been fighting against this particular en- enemy for a bajillion years. And then you had, and and your and your main thing was to protect a bunch of civilians. Like you're not gonna. I mean, maybe maybe in some situations you would recruit the civilians to assist you in in the in the war. But but if you have if you have what if you have this group of white hats, this group of I mean, because it's not like it's not like if if you put them into bodies, they would instantly be warriors. These are these are randos who were hanging around Cybertron. Some of them would be warriors, though. Maybe, maybe, yeah. but, but uh, the, how how would they be able to screen it too? There's like millions, I think. Is and if it's just yeah, yeah I mean, if it, it it would be it would be difficult to to organize them. And he thinks and he thinks that they're close enough to defeating Megatron that they can do it with without losing a single you know civilian innocent spark. Sure. And, because if they brought him if they brought him in. If they brought them in and recruited them, a bunch of them would get killed. Just, you yeah. know. Uh, there also might be, and I was just think, I just thought of this, is the possibility that they don't might not have time to get them techno-organic bodies. With the, the conditions and everything, they would have to give them mechanicals, which means that he also can't exactly say some of them might, you know, see this as, as you know, like actually side with Megatron under just the wrong pretenses or whatever get yeah. tricked in something they can't be sure that everyone's going to be on their side or or and megatron would you, you know what yeah that, that them or megatron would freaking give them the virus again yeah because because by the looks of things getting a techno organic uh like like robot body does take a little bit of work i mean even for uh uh for silverbolt they had to do a couple of things in like a chamber full of organic goo before he had a, a full-on techno organic body yeah yeah, I mean, basically, I guess what I'm what I'm saying is I'm not necessarily, I mean, I'm not disputing that 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 could have been an option. I just do think that va- that Optimus's position here is valid. Yeah, especially if he operates under the assumption that in the next three episodes he's going to defeat Megatron. You know, we've already defeated. They they kind of, I mean, they kind of underestimate him here, but 
I mean, they are, they have been in a pretty good place for the last little while, minus these, you know, minus these, uh, these generals who have no loyalty to anybody. Mm. Yeah. Um, it also, again, it also mentions the, the, the errors mentioned the, uh, why they didn't destroy the factories from day one. Uh, it also points out though, that the real life answer is probably that it'd be a short show if they did. <laughs> True. Uh, then it goes on to say the Maximals backup plan is what exactly? None of them seem to think about cutting the Viacons off at the source until Sur- Silverbolt proposes it as a spur of the moment plan. Well, is this is this the first? I feel like this might be the first time that because I most of the other time the other times that there have been a bunch of Viacons, it was either either they were just there in the first season, like they were you know they were they just had a bunch of or. And then in this season, Megatron kind of laid low. The via, they didn't show the vehicles being built in the first season. Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't show them being built in the first season. And then in this season, the bulk of them. There is... was one episode where we saw tanks being made. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that was, but that was that's it. what I said. Did. Yeah. I didn't oh, take sorry, it sorry. I said did. Sorry. But I mean, but I mean, the bulk of the the bulk of the the bulk of the vehicles, I think, were around. That first wave of Viacons was around when the Maximals were still getting their shit together or when they were, you know, I don't know what they were when their memories were erased or whatever. But and then and then Megatron, like they made a point that, like, he kind of was laying low for a little while while he was building the bulk of this Viacon army. And then that sort of has been dwindled. This it seems like is the first time that we're like in this episode, they were literally they were making them and then sending them into battle and making them and sending them into battle and sort of using, you know, he was kind of just throwing them at a wall infinitely. I feel like his strategy is different in a way that cutting them off at the source makes more sense in this episode than it would have in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. And also we just haven't, I mean, it's true. We haven't had time. It would be a, a stopping the Viacon, you know, destroying the Viacon factory. It would be a, Let's destroy. Let's take take after go after a Yerk pool, or let's you know try to do that. Like it, it would it would be a let's try to win this portion of the war when every single battle in this in this has been for all or nothing. Um, I was gonna say that it it that the note continues that to, to talk about how that apparently Optimus' backup plan was just to sit around on the ship and wait to get shut down. Also, that Cheetor bizarrely claims that they had the Viacons on the ropes after Rattrap pulls yeah, the Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah. at all. And that was shown during anything to help. Well, they, I mean, if they could, if they'd have had more time, I mean, I don't know about Viacons on the ropes, but I think he was just kind of yeah. trying to be a dick. I mean, you got to remember, at their heart, all these characters are assholes. So <laughs> they're not, not every single thing they're going to say is going to be totally based in logic because they're all terrible human beings. That was but, really, I don't but know. no, but they, they did have a backup plan. Their backup plan was that they were going to get the, the weapons online. And had they, yeah. had they had another, you know, another 36 hours of, of, you know, of being able to absorb the, the, the blast before the, that shield went out, presumably they would have been able to figure out a way to get the weapons online. And it also, and finally mentions the, the thing about Megatron surviving, but the last thing that like you know we haven't talked about at all that is under the continuity years is that basically when rat trap does his little trick why didn't he leave a little note f- for them to grab the the little disc 
which we'll mm. get into. You know, like I mean, like if if I wasn't thinking about that though. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think I'm surprised at them for not like. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe she wouldn't really know what happened. Maybe she was like unconscious at the time or whatever. Possibly, yeah. Well, that's but, why I. That's why I. That's why this episode's so great because I didn't see that coming, and Megatron was smart enough to figure that out. It's yeah. like like they were like. Rat Trap figured out a way, did a clever thing, and then Megatron did another clever thing in response. Like they actually kind of did smart things instead of instead of just yeah, instead of just everyone being dumb, which is a lot of this show. <laughs> <laughs> then for continuity dates, uh, it points out that although he's shown glimpses of it before, Megatron's going to his enemies, manacle laughter, picking a body purely out of irony, and yes, yeah, seem seem to indicate a large reversion to his Beast Wars person. Beast Wars personality. Yes. Then they add, "It's about time." Yeah, I felt that way too when I heard it. Once and uh, the continuity ends with little bits about gadgets and powers, like Silverball's uh, wrist-mounted communication system, perhaps Rat Trap's Gizmo they invented in Savage Noble. Uh, may, they talk about what Megatron did to the, the upgrade his diagnostic drone body, which we'll probably get. I think we'll get into, or at least I want to talk a bit about when we get mm-hmm. to it. Uh, Obsidian has a flip-down visor that can transmit data. And his hand can retract and double as Gatling guns. Yes. And then finally, for an interesting trivia bit, we have when Botanica is launched, uh, you know, back to the surface, blows on board are the only ones who are allied with the Maximals since the start of the Beast Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like uh, part of the original crew of the Axelon. Yep. Very true. And that's pretty much all we have from the TF Wiki. Okay. Well, getting into the... Wait, hang on. Was Silverbolt once a Predacon? Yeah, remember? Oh, I remember. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yes, uh, getting into the episode, we do get a uh, flashback to the uh, the previous episode, just going over the, the previous events of how the, the Maximals liberated the spark, so to speak. Um, Megatron coming back in a drone body. And then we open with a crap ton of drones coming out of a factory. Getting built, very long shot, I found, of just seeing these drones getting built. And then we see Megatron, who is, you know, he's examining a a blueprint of of the Grand Mall and seeing a picture of the Sparks. And he's like, we need to get the, we need to go on the offensive now. And then we get Obsidian just sort of looking at him for a moment. And he's like, like, right now. And he's like, yes, Megatron. (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. Like, why, is Obsidian supposed to be really smart? Like, why would he? Yeah, it was a bit weird. weird. Yeah. Obsidian is um, dumb. I think they said he was smart once, but he's dumb. <laughs> I mean, that's we got we, uh, show. Don't tell. Yeah. And of course, my my stream just froze up on me. So now I'm trying to bring it back up again. Podcast. Yeah. Lovely. Just just lovely. So we go inside Megatron. Well, the Ma's eye, the great yes. Ma's eye. And we see the sparks. And they're like just chilling. Yeah, they're sort of zooming around. Um, just we shot then... around the spark. Yes, and we. And what we do the sparks the... look like? They looks like sparks. sparky okay. sort of thing. Maybe it's a later scene. <laughs> well, I was didn't didn't we skip the little part where once they leave, Megatron's like, ah, oh, I have to quickly build myself a new body, but I can't use. Yes, Which, there again, is that, and there sense. is a little hint as to what he is looking for. Uh, as you sort of see some blueprints, like 
rolling yeah. cro- across in front of his face. So, and one of them looks relatively familiar, if you're familiar with the previous series. I don't I don't know what it is. But yeah. as soon as I have it, I'm like, oh, shit, is he going to find... So I'm not spoiling because I don't know it. This mm. is me theory crafting. Like, oh, is he going to find like the original Megatron's body and take it? Or, like... Is he gonna get like Optimus's? That'd be even cooler if he like, took over like Prime's body, because that would be like more of a sh- like a slap in the face. But like, I'm assuming it's a character, especially with what you just said from from G1. But I'm I'm hoping it's Megatron or Optimus. It, it is a character that you have seen before. I will say that, but I I will not go any further than that. But yes, right. you are yeah, on the right track. We want to keep it a surprise. Yes, but yes. If uh, it's if you scroll back, you'll. And you're noticing the last blueprint that he's looking at. You will definitely, if you if you're paused on it, okay. Um, but yeah, if, but yeah, like we. Sorry. If anybody's watching along and they happen yeah. to pause it on the last blueprint, it's yellow in color. You'll notice if it's yeah. sort of zoomed in. Bumblebee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, he's like, it, it, he just shows up and Optimus is like, you, you picked fucking Bumblebee. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I know he's a fan favorite, but like, he's not the strongest Autobot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is familiar, and it does sort of go with the line that he says. But I will leave it at that for now. But yes, so. So we've cut to the Maximals. They're working away. Um, the very first thing that we hear from them is Silverbolt saying, we should release the Sparks because that way we have more troops. And Optimus is like, no, because then they can get captured again by Megatron. Um, so there's a bit of a back and forth on that. Um, there is also talk of, uh, like, how exactly are we going to, what exactly are we going to do with the Sparks? Uh, there, I'm trying to remember what it is that Rat Trap says here. The, is he talking about the defenses of the ship or the the weapon? Yeah, I, I, I think I think uh, Botanica mentions the defense grid. Mm. Um, yeah, we don't have subtitles, so this is difficult. Yeah, because I'm I'm trying to remember here. Just cause I go figure. I watched last night and I cannot remember exactly how the conversation went. Um, um, we yeah, she says we can't use the weapons because they're attuned to Megatron Spark. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, so they they've apparently. They don't make any mention of defensive. They did activate. Well, they, they act, I think. I think what she says, based on like what, what Rat Traps, because he goes way to go sprouts. So obviously yeah. she's been good. I think what happened is that she made it so that they could use the defense grid, yeah. but they can't use the weapons now. Yes. But because, wait, now I Here's my question: Can they move this thing? Probably. Yes. Then yes, why they did can. they try running away? <laughs> they probably took energy too. I mean, it's it's sure, but <laughs> no. I also, know. I I just remember. <laughs> I think Botanica said that she changed the codes to the defense grid so that yes, yeah, so that Megatron only, could not access them. Yeah, so no one else could just like you know remote access them and take over. Yeah, um, the thing is possible too is um, the head itself might not be capable of interstellar travel. It might only be possible for it to do to travel between worlds and that if it's in its ship mode. And maybe that's tied into the offensive capabilities. Well, I didn't say like they should go into space, but I thought that wouldn't oh. be a good option. I just mean like they could like move away from the army. I don't know. Yeah, true. Well, yeah, but, but they they would not be as fast as the other ships that are shooting them, so it would be kind of futile to move away. And again, yeah, it would take more energy. And then I also, yeah, I do think they were trying to get the their long term plan was to get the weapons online. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it seems to be one of the things that they were looking to see about trying to do is to get the weapons online. Now, whether that was just 
for you know further defensive capabilities or going on the offensive. We're we're never really sure of that. Um, but yeah, so. You know, they continue having the discussion, mainly just trying to figure out what their next step is from here. Um, there is talk as well of um, with regards to there's sort of a, a talk about how, well, Megatron's got access to the Oracle now. And Optus says that apparently it was part of the Oracle's plan all along, which seemed a little I don't know, a little weird, but... Some shit, I don't know why he yeah. thinks that, but, like, I guess because yeah. it happened and he believes in fate or something. I guess. He's sort of putting all of his eggs in one basket with regards to following the Oracle's plan, but it is what it is. I mean, it hasn't... Well, it's got them here, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's very much just sort of a... A stalemate, I guess you could say, as far as what exactly they can do. They don't have a whole lot of options, it would seem. And just as they're sort of, you know, getting to the tail end of the conversation, Rat Trap pipes up and says, yeah, well, we've got company. And then we see a video feed of a lot of drones headed towards the ship. And this is where we get Night Scream saying that they're only a few minutes away. And we get like this sort of, it almost looks like <laughs> the screen looks like an Atari graphics. Because yeah. you've got all these little blips <laughs> on this grid. And the head looks like very um, pixelated. And they're just sort of like, bloop, bloop, bloop. I've like, seen radars that are like, the, uh, like Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like at least, at least in fiction, at mm. least in science fiction from the 80s and 90s, this is what that thing would look like. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I, I thought I was somewhat, I was somewhat tickled by that. Yeah, it's it's cool. And, it's and um, cool, and yeah. Rat traps like, rat traps like, um, yo, I got this. We got the stuff. We can remember these and fooled them before. And they're like, oh, it's gonna, they're gonna fall from the same trick. And he's like, I never said it was a same trick. Yeah. And then he he like turns into black arachnia. Yes. Yeah, because Optimus at first looks kind of PO'd with him and then kneels down and then his face is like, what? And then Rattrap's body just turns into black arachnia. Yeah, Which is he, he, fucking he, awesome. He puts, he puts it on them to to illustrate this because that's how it yeah. works. It's like if you have it on you, you'll start seeing other people as a maximal. And I think it's funny, kind of funny that the one he turns into is black arachnia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he managed to build a lot of them because there's like a group of. I want to say there's like a dozen discs in each oh, batch. And there's a ton of them. And there's yeah. a line later where she's like, I still had some of those. And I'm like, of course you do. There's so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're like I, CDs. I, it's easy. You burn them real fast. It just takes like two minutes to burn each one. Yeah. I, we're Sorry, going to come but... to it. But I wanted to point out that later on, Night Scream says it was genius to put the uh, the VR chips with uh, image scrambler. So he did use those. Uh, VR things that he took from that one place. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. That's 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 what, like it's a very finally it is, paid off. Yeah, it's a it's a throwaway line, and I missed it. I caught it the second time around. Like, oh yeah, those are the yeah. It, it he used those VR chips to basically make it so it scrambles what they see. Yeah. That, okay. Actually, yeah. I'll say it. I'll agree with Night Scream. We finally have a point to the porn part. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's coming together this episode. Yep. <laughs> We're coming full circle. But they send these pods down and they get maximal signatures out of the pods. And so the bad guys start shooting at them and they, they, they knock them all down. But there's nothing in the pod. Yeah. And they're all like, oh, that was obviously like, oh. a trap. Get yes. <laughs> 
And Soldier Bolt said, I took the bait, now to do stuff. And he starts, he starts like, rubbing his hands together all menacingly, like, ah, we're going to get him now. And and then Nice comes up behind him, sitting, and he's like, tag! And I kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and he runs away. I like also how he slaps him like he's playing the kick me sign on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which it's, he kind of is. I kind of like Night Skimmer's episode. He's pretty good this episode. Yeah, everybody's pretty good this episode because this episode's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then and then the city looks behind him and he sees all the Maximals and he's like, "You really expect me to fall from that?" Because he says like, "Because because he's because his computer says no Maximal signal detected." He's like, "What the fuck? I can see you guys. It doesn't fucking matter." <laughs> so he shoots them, but then. It was his his like drones the whole time. I, I and... do like how he turns to the one drone and what softens him is that he looks and it's Night Scream who just ran away. Shot so, Night yeah, shot but the drone really actually hates. like quivers. Like it actually like shakes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, go kill me, please. So so what I love about this about this uh sequence here is like in a in a previous episode, Rat Trap's little doohickey would have and it, and rightfully so like in a previous episode we would have needed the main thing to be a, a rat traps little doohickey gimmick thing yeah uh but in this one it's not you know they're they're not going to wipe out the whole army by having them shoot at each other or whatever they're just mm-hmm. you know they're just kind of confusing the generals and uh doing it you know just just uh just using it to buy a little bit of time so that they can do whatever else that they're, you know, so they can get the shield online or so that they can get in, infiltrate the thing or, you know, destroy the other thing or like, like they, it, it feels like they, they're, they're put, they're, they're using it to give themselves an advantage and then take advantage of that and then push that advantage. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they use these things for, for some cool effects. Like I will say that, like, yeah, there's just one. There's a few things about this episode that kind of irk me, but I it generally isn't like a bad episode. Just, yeah, yeah. It was... um, we do get a um, instance where Stryka sort of well, Thrust is is tricked too, and he takes out a bunch of his drone. But then Stryka gives chase to the three of them. <laughs> and the thing I never realized before now is she's not walking. She's sort of oh, yeah, she's rollerblading. Yeah, cool. and, and yeah. so she's like, it's almost like she's skating, chasing out. She's like, them. she's like Shadow the Hedgehog of his other sheep. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the Maxwells are getting chased at this point. Um. Optimus, Striker the Hedgehog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Optimus realizes that with them getting chased and the the drones that are heading towards them, they're not going to have enough time. And Silverbolt tells them to put the shield Here, up. Yeah, I've and got they'll, the, find a, they'll find a way to hide. Yeah, I've got the clip. I like this. I like this moment. You need to get your team back inside before we raise the shields. Easy for him to say. Raise the shields. We'll take cover down here. Raise the shields. We can't just leave them down there. I don't like it any more than you do, but we must protect the sparks. Raising shields. Then we got this awesome music. <laughs> Sorry, it's a long clip. I just wanted to. I wanted to. We never. 
I never include like the long ins- the long music breaks at, at the at the end of my clips, but I just just for once I wanted to include it because it's cool. <laughs> I think that music's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the the shield goes up and they start getting attacked. Um, why don't we take a quick break here since they you know it's they needed a break, so we're gonna take a break, um, and then we'll be right back. <laughs> right now. You're suffering under an enormous weight. We provide... Leverage. Or at least, we rewatch the TV series of the same name. Each week, join me, I'm Cassidy, and... Hey, I'm Frankie! As we watch an episode of the show where bad guys make the best good guys. Find us on Twitter at Let's Steal Cast, or on iTunes at Let's Steal Podcast. And remember... H of a geek, baby! All right. I clapped so you know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of doing it. Uh, yes, we are back. Um, so where we left off, we've got Stryka chasing after uh, Silverbolt, Black Arachnia, and Night Scream, who are then, uh, they meet up with Thrust, who sort of holds them up at gunpoint with a couple of the drones. Uh, they wind up separating we got Black Arachnia facing off against uh, Stryka. She sort of does a flip and then, like, bounces off of her. And... Okay. Um, go back to the raising the shield thing, right? Yeah. It, sho- it, shows, it shows ships moving into the, 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 the maw and getting destroyed. Yes. If they could move the maw, they should have just moved it forward into the other ships. Yeah. And they would have destroyed the whole horde. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the the ships exploding when they hit the shield was because they were like still moving, like they were like, in momentum. If the didn't didn't did, did like when Black Arachnia and and, and Night Scream like go towards the Maw, they got like zapped. Well, that's true. There is a defensive. I, yeah, but I mean, I think just because the Maw can physically move doesn't mean that it's more maneuverable than a bunch of jet fighters. So if they if it moved forward, then those fighters would just not at least eventually like maybe maybe it would they would have hit a few more but also every one of them that's crashing into the shield is you know is is taking out some of their power they're they're at a this is this is just a another you know it's a stopgap it's a it, they're they're just trying to buy time until they figure out how to actually win mm. yeah and I, well it sort of gets touched upon in a later episode also um i mean admittedly they could have just gone into hyperspace and then it would have uh completely wiped out the fleet as we learned in uh in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um getting back to the episode ahead, uh we've got Striker who comes upon the Maximals uh and winds up shooting them only to find out that as she takes out Silverbolt and Night Scream and we are left with Black Arachnia who all of a sudden has the voice of thrust. So as we find out, yeah, as we find out another disc was put on to Stryka, who starts chasing after thrust. And he's like, no, not me. Don't know them. Not me. What's wrong with you? Crazy lady. Yeah. Um, So it gives the Maxwell's a brief moment, but then they're getting shot at once again. Uh, But they do find a uh, sort of like a, a sewer grate that they are all able to, transform and then fly into to to try and escape uh we then turn back to optimus rat trap botanica and cheetor in the ship 
and we start to see Botanica collapse. And yeah, this is another bad part of the episode because they never. Okay, so she collapses because she's cut off from the organic core of the planet. That yes. has never been an established thing that happens to her when she's cut off. Like it doesn't. It never gets brought up before, and it's like they just know that's what's happening. I mean, like yeah. it doesn't like. It doesn't make it, like they could have had this be like a thing that was brought up earlier in an episode as like an offhanded thing to set this up, but nope, it's just it just happens. It's it's like it's it, this part here is a little bit like the, the story is just playing Calvin Ball yeah. at this point because it's just introducing new rules that no one knew about. Well, I mean, I think I don't think it's that out of left field. I think it's a little bit. It's it's a that they should if it was going to be this. If it was going to happen this quickly, then they should have probably acknowledged it prior, or yeah, like somebody if they know should have. That she can do, yeah, some, well, somebody should have about that before putting the shield up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they didn't. Obviously, they didn't think about it. Like somebody should have. If it was, if it was going to be this clear, somebody should have. There should have been somebody should have suggested that that might happen, or they should have kept her down on the ground or whatever. But I mean, I also don't think it's that out of left field because she does clearly have a connection. With the techno organic core, that's why she can like teleport through the ground mm-hmm. and get but visions. Just, yeah, that was just a plan ability she had. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like they could have said like before they put the shield up that like we must hurry because I if I'm cut off from the organic core too long, like that would have been enough. Like, but it just I don't know. It also seems, it also seems very it also seems like very uh, damsel in distress tropey. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't think this is my favorite part of the episode. Mm-hmm. And, and the, and the way that Ratchet reacts to it. And like, I know they've been building them up as like liking each other, but he goes from like liking her to like being madly in love with her in a split second. I like, mean, he, he would have done the same thing. I mean, no, it's, but it's the things that he says. Like, there's something like, I can't remember the exact line, but he's like. I I would much rather deal with Viacons than losing you. Like the things he says are very romantic and like I, it, it it's something that would have been like if they built up their relationship five episodes ago and they've been like slowly getting closer, then it would be like it's not earned. This isn't earned. The, the I story mean, I feel like it's as, a little bit better. It's as earned as anything. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I it's agree. not ba- banging banging us over the head with it like it was with black arachne and silver bolt that was think, way more earned because that was a gradual thing that happened like over the course of a whole over season. the yeah i know it was over the course of 600 episodes that were super boring <laughs> and terrible but uh, i thought I, all the black arachne and silver bolt stuff was awesome yeah i didn't <laughs> but i thought with this i thought with this i actually liked this relationship a little bit better because they did like a couple things in a couple of episodes and we only have so much time i mean botanica was Introduced Sounds like you just don't like romance. Two thirds of the ride that it got out, it got it got it got done with quickly. And no, I'm no, I mean, I think I think that you don't. I think that less is more. I think that uh, Empire Strikes Back is a better movie than Attack of the Clones because of that. Because the love story in Empire Strikes Back is very subtle, but is still. This was this was not that though. It's not really like ah, they, they had an angry kiss once. No, this was and um, that's what happened. And now now they're like now they're boyfriend. What this was though, what this was though, it's not Empire Strikes Back. What it is is it's um, is it's Attack of the Clones skipping all of the awkward love scenes where you still get the you still get the the you still get that there is a, a relationship budding here, but we don't have people you know 
talking to each other awkwardly for 20 minutes. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, per- and also it's just, I mean, it's shorthand. It's the, it is the, it is tropey shorthand of the, the male female characters that don't get along and then have a, and then have a moment, you know, it's like, it's a uh, Xander and Cordelia in Buffy. Like it is leaning towards those tropes, but, but what it's, but it uses those tropes so that we can as sort of shorthand as we know, because this happens, they're going to, they're going to end up just doing it already you know they had yeah, yeah they had one it's good they had it's one bad. scene it needs to be paced, but no i can't agree it's just simply that like i've already explained why i don't like it i don't know I i'm don't explaining agree. why i like it i'm not yeah. saying you're wrong to not like it but i like it i think that okay. and then also also this gives this gives rat trap who doesn't get a lot of chances to be legitimately heroic it gives him it gives him a chance to be to be smart. And he has been that they have been playing him up as the smart character for the last few episodes, which I really like about the way about that with his character. And then, and then he actually is heroic. Although I don't feel like he's like necessarily, this, I feel like this, this scene could have been good if it was earned, but I don't feel like it was earned. It, it could have been good. And like, I get what you're saying. I mean, like, it's cool that he has a chance to do something heroic. Yeah, that's cool. But it, it didn't get earned. Yeah. I, I feel, I mean, I just disagree. I think it was earned. So that we can agree to disagree. Move on. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> mommy, daddy, are you done fighting? I'm, we're not fighting. We're discussing. <laughs> Never call me mommy again. <laughs> um, to, just to throw my two cents in, I do feel it was a tad bit rushed. I would have liked to have seen it developed over a couple more episodes. So I, I do see where you're coming from, Em. But at the same time, I do understand that we had a limited number of episodes. So it makes me feel like, again, it, we've already touched upon it. It feels like they were trying to throw a lot of stuff in to sort of wrap things up. And it's very hit and miss to me. Um, but we'll get more into that once we're Done reviewing the episode. <laughs> um, we'll review the so, episode once we're done reviewing the episode. Yeah. Um, so we return to to Black Arachnia, Silverbolt, and Night Scream as they're trying to radio into Optimus and not having any success. Uh, they realize that there's interference going on. Silverbolt sees that there's a bunch of drones driving by as they're sort of running in the opposite direction of the drones. Um and they're saying with all these drones, it's, you know, creating so much interference and with them getting attacked, we need to try and do something. This is where Silverbolt gets the idea. Well, let's cut them off at the source. And so then they start running off. Uh, we return to the, the Maxwell's on the Grand Mall and Botanica is really not doing all well at this point. Rattrap is very concerned and wants to try and do something. But also says that they can't lower the shields even for an instant because obviously then the ship is going to get attacked and there's just no, and then the sparks are going to be destroyed. With that being said, power is getting drained on the shield anyway, and they don't have a whole lot left. Um, Rattrap sort of takes it upon himself that he's going to figure out a way to get her through. Uh, he grabs a little device off of a dash. Apparently he's going to try and match the frequency of the shield with the device to try and get her through the shield and get her back onto the planet. And really, a thought occurs to me right now. They could have substituted Night Scream for Botanica, and then we would have avoided this situation altogether. But 
Well, I mean, like, I again, like, I don't think the idea of Tenka needing help and Rattrap saving her is bad. I just think no. that, like, yeah, I already explained. Yeah. I just think it was it was it was too it was too much. But I do like Night Scream kind of being like he kind of he kind of kicks some ass here and like he does yeah. some he has some funny lines where he's like. This is like him like inching towards like Spider-Man level of of teen rather than like shitty annoying teen, right? Like it's not like as good as Spider-Man obviously, but it's like inching towards that rather than being a a a John uh, what were they what's that character's name that they compared him to in the in the wiki? Oh, uh, John Connor? Connor, yeah, oh, John, John Connor. Connor. Yeah. <laughs> so he's 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 moving on from a John Connor to say like a Tommy Maguire in Spider-Man Three when he's got the symbiote. No, he's better than that. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so it circles back because we were talking about Venom on the break. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Nice Community. Yeah. Um, so we we cut to to the group that are planet side and they've managed to get to the 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 factory that the drones are being created in. Uh, they're sort of sneaking in and as they're they're moving about, you know, they're thinking that they're doing a pretty good job. Then all of a sudden, boom, spotlight. And we've got the Megatron shadow in the spotlight. He's like, you really did not do a good job of sneaking. <laughs> um, so Black Arachne tries to hit him with his with her web. He just like tilts out of the way. She manages to web Silverbolt. I thought it would have been really funny if she just shot him and he died. That would have been really funny. <laughs> no, no. Megatron does a, does some good fighting for what he's got. Yes. Um, so Megatron manages to zap this web line between the two of them. Uh, it sort of causes the two of them to like sort of get pulled together and then wrapped up a little bit. Uh, so they're on yeah, the and, floor. And they're on the floor and they're staring each other in the face and it's all like, this is like, I mean, should we make out? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a little fight, but <laughs> it's, definitely a, it's definitely a millisecond moment. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, we do get Night Scream who tries to hit Megatron with his, uh, with his sonic weapon, but apparently Megatron's got a shield of its own reflects the attack back at him uh which he is not immune to is he gets hit with it and gets you know thrown back and megatron's like what you you figured you could just come in here because i'm in a drone body that i wouldn't have you know taken precautions and that i can just be taken out like that because i'm in this smaller body um underestimated me kind of thing yeah which uh, i really really like yeah um but the funny thing is is uh Night Scream's sort of like, well, yeah, that's what I did. Because as it turns out, Megatron managed to take out a drone rather than Night Scream. And Night Scream is actually on the console for creating the drones. Uh, Megatron realizes that he's got one of those chips on him. And so he, you know, plucks it off and tosses it aside. I also like how Megatron has some like one liners in this. Like when when he when he does reflect the music back or like sound wave back, he's like, Oh, today's team, how about a duet? And puts his shield up. And you're like, oh, yeah. Megatron. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> he's 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 really pontificating like old Be- uh Beast Wars Megatron, and it's yeah. it's kind of really yeah. nice. Um Night Scream manages to take out the uh the con the main console, which in turn is causing the entire factory to to rumble and explode. Because again, uh, he's like one of the most powerful maximals. He can just do shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, an explosion big enough that they can see it from the Grand Mall. Uh, oh, that's the other. Them. That's the other reason. That's a good point, Emily. That's the other reason that they haven't uh, done this plan before, 
Because Night Scream just got this power when Savage died like three episodes ago. Well, oh, he always unlocked his hidden potential. He could oh, always. You mean like it's more powerful now? You're saying? Yeah. Because yeah. he could always do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, fair. Yeah. I mean, he oh, literally says, so he "Here's a new Saiyan. thing," and then and then does the exact thing. Oh, yes, so it's true. so it's yeah. sort of like when Krillin died and Goku went Super Saiyan. So now, yeah, it's just like now that. Night Scream has unlocked his Super Saiyan potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got gotcha. you. One of the many times, I, like, again, they kind of compared it to Gohan in that question, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we were uh, like, like no, it's not anything now. like, it's not anything like Gohan. I don't understand why you would possibly ask that question. I believe that is what we said. <laughs> I don't think I said it that mean. I didn't <laughs> say you said it that way. I said we as a group all said it at the same uh, time. Oh, we, God, was, it is. It is a reversal of Gohan. <laughs> How's it a reverse? Well, when you think about it, because Gohan witnessed a robotic uh, Android 16 get destroyed, which unlocked him going Super Saiyan 2. In this instance, we have a robot witnessing an organic dying, which unlocked his hidden potential. Oh, I see now. Yeah. Clever. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. There you go. I'm tapping the side of my head. I got it. <laughs> I got it. By the way, just as I said, the scene with Megatron is still one of my rather favorites. I like when when Night Screen calls out, he's like, uh, he, he doesn't like, you know, he's like, like, Help, Mr. Megatron, I'm actually over here. Like, he actually just was goading him that he, he yeah, was like over there. Yeah, like calls him Mr. Megatron. Yeah, here. and, I and, like, I like and when he realizes it and pulls the disc off, there's just the, the movement of the drone of him just like shaking with anger is hilarious. And it's like, Rrr. Like, yeah, and he like, throws like it down. And and Mr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just who I was thinking of right there. <laughs> Dennis. No, I like. Yeah, I, yeah, this is a good scene. And I mean, yeah. Megatron, Megatron being in Guilty Spark's body is just generally. I really like this idea that Megatron just like is everywhere. Like he's just his essence going from one body to another body the way that they've done that throughout the series. I think that's a, that's a really cool idea because he's like, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's leaning into that concept of, of technology being superior to biology because you can, you know, it's the idea of living forever in a. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what else? Now that you mentioned that, when I think about it, it, because he sort of referred to organics as like a virus or a blight on the planet. And when you think about it, a virus moves from body to body. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, he's despising, like he, he's become what he's despised. Like he he's this entity that will move from shell to shell, uh, exhausting its usefulness until he moves on to the next one, until, you know, he can ultimately get to his goal, um, which... You know, when you think about it, it is a very organic sort of thing when you think about viruses and that sort of thing. But with that being said, we still got like seven minutes left in this episode. <laughs> um, we, we get Silverbolt who manages to have finally radioed in to Optimus and the others. And he's like, we took out the the uh, the drone, so you won't have to worry about that anymore. And Night Scream pops and his head like, in. Nah, I took out the drones, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then this is where Black Eyed is like, yeah, we just dropped, like, what did she say? Exact number? I can't I'm, just hear. I think I'm going to be three gigatons, but even that's yeah. way too heavy. Yeah. Yeah, a lot like, of weight. Gigatons? Like, how much is a gigaton? I mean, she she may have been exaggerating. I mean, she probably was. It just yeah. it just seemed like. Well, giga, uh, you're like looking. Well, mega is supposed to be a th- 
or no kilo is supposed to be a thousand right a gigabyte is like it's a thousand a megabytes so it's so it's a billion yeah yeah so a billion tons so I think she might have been exaggerating a Lost little bit. Because it's like, well, that's a very heavy building. Yeah, that, <laughs> that building would have been exhibiting its own gravity. So Cybertron would, like, the building would have been drawing <laughs> the planet to it. <laughs> but yes. Anyway, um, yeah. So, But there's still drones that are attacking the ship. And the shield is gradually getting weaker. Um, yeah, we was like, yeah, now we just have to take up the drones. And it's like, wait, that's actually still pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, with power getting Wait a second! Drained. Wait a second! I just realized something. I had a theory that okay. it would be relevant to this. When I was watching, um, don't tell anybody, but I was watching the 1984 cartoon the other day. But when they go to Earth, they talk about it being about Earth being very flat because, like, the assumption and my and the way that what I took from that is that Cybertron, the planet, must be smaller than Earth, small enough that you can kind of experience the curvature more directly and therefore it must be really dense. So the idea that something would be billions of tons, if the planet is incredibly dense and that also explains why transformers are like strong and stuff. Yeah. Maybe that maybe they use a very dense, it's a very dense metal. And then also, yeah, like tons is a met cause they didn't say metric tons. They just said regular tons. That's a measurement of weight, not mass. Yeah. So if the gravity is very high on Cybertron, then, uh, you know, maybe tons is not as dense as we thought it was. It has been pointed out that Cybertron looks kind of small for a planet. Yeah. Yeah, that has been mentioned before. It's like King Kai's planet. Yeah. Which explains why Night Scream is so strong. Because <laughs> he grew up there. It's like living in <laughs> not, 200 times he's gravity. Not physically strong. He has a really huge like <laughs> gun on his back. <laughs> well, it's like, okay. So it's like in Colorado and you like jog in the mountains. And you like, get used to the, the lower oxygen. Yeah, you get level. used to the lower oxygen. Except for with weight. But he has, so he has really strong lungs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. I keep going back to Dragon God, I'm, I, uh, I don't know. I'm just guess in a Dragon Hiffle. Ball mood. Yeah, I should guest on Hiffle. We're recording an episode of Hiffle because it was just, it wasn't good. We recorded at 4 a.m. and I was inebriated from a party and it didn't work out. So we're going to re-record that. <laughs> we'll try to get yeah. <laughs> it. Um, so we've got Cheetor who uh, makes mention that they're the power reserves that they've got in the ship are starting to get depleted because of the shield. Uh, we then turn our attention to Botanica, who is now in a pod, and we have the device that Rattrap had earlier with a little light blinking on it. Uh, he's watching from a monitor in the main console room. Uh, as he, I guess, is preparing to send her down. And he hits a button, the pod shoots out, and then it hovers in the air for a moment as I guess it's trying to acquire the, the frequency for the shield. Uh, the light goes green and then sure enough, it passes through the shield and heads toward the ground. Um, along the way, though, it's shot and starts to, to smoke and whatnot. But then we've got the other Maximals on the ground who notice the pod and we get Night Scream and Silverbolt who managed to uh, sort of grab it in the air. They're trying <laughs> to slow its descent. Yeah, and they're, they're doing very well, but Night Scream says, yeah. like, it's too heavy. And I'm like, no, you guys are, you guys are doing great. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, they can't, like, they can't slow it down enough. 
It, I mean, is the idea. like they were. Yeah. But At first, but it's really heavy. You can hold something for half a second. Yeah, I mean, I, and, I but think. Then, yeah. But then they drop it in one of Black Agnes webs, and that further slows it down. And yeah, Botanica's fine. Yeah. She comes out. She manages to get her, you know, her roots replanted. And, uh, you know, we see the, the color go back into her as she's like, ah, no, I'm That makes back. more sense to me, too, is when she plants yeah. her roots. It's like, but yeah. that would mean that. Yeah. Just being in there would make her be separated from yeah. it and not the shield going up. So I don't know. I'm confused. Yeah. Maybe the root, we, I was going to say maybe the roots just help speed along yeah. her yeah. Okay. convalescence. Fair. Yeah, you can be as a, she has a Wi-Fi connection with the with the core. But then when they put the <laughs> shield up, it blocks her Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. Well, so. that explains why they couldn't communicate with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then like but but then she plugs her Ethernet cable in and yeah. she and it downloads healthy into it. Yeah. And then and then a bunch and then a bunch of you know, Rod Traps relieved to see what happened. And then a bunch of drones show up and she's immediately like, Peace yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Time to book it. <laughs> and the others run away too. So um, So I really liked one thing that I really like, because you know, cause this is a tropey thing to have especially a female character be put in danger and and whatever and blah, 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 damsel in distress stuff. They very easily could have had her almost die. Like they thought she was dead and then she wakes <laughs> up or anything like that, or like just sort of drug it out. But they, and it's, you know, and it's to the, and it's because, I mean, it's because they have a lot, they're, they're trying to get a lot into these last few episodes, but they did just, you know, she got down there and it was like, is it okay? It was like, just for a second, you're not sure. And then she's like, no, I'm going to be okay. And then she, yeah, she's out of there. She's safe. We're good. We can focus on the other thing now, yeah. um, which I, which I really appreciate it. Sadly, we didn't get a, ah, after 10,000 cycles, I'm free. But, you know, that's just me. I saw that and it would have been funny. <laughs> well, that was more that was more of a trash orb than a trash dumpster. Yeah, okay, true. so since you brought up since you brought up uh uh Power Rangers, I just want to say this. I figure this out. So, um Obsidian and Stryka are Rito for this show. Cuz Rito yeah. shows up and they're all like, "Oh, this guy's a badass. He's Rito's brother." Blah, 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 blah. But then he just turns out to be just another just another crappy dumb villain guy. Just another mook. Yeah, and that's and that is what Obsidian is. Like, yeah. you know what? It's I mean, it's too bad, but it's also not I mean, you know, Megatron needed more people. Yeah. It is what it is. Um so the the drones arrive at the pod with Megatron with them. Uh he finds the device that rat device the bleh, bleh, the device that Rat Trap used to bypass the shield and he radios the frequency to Obsidian. And this is where we see Obsidian's visors. He's getting a download of data to tell him what the frequency is. And so they are then all they all recalibrate. So there's a momentary pause for the shooting. And then they start shooting again. We got uh, Obsidian, who, you know, he's got his little Gatling gun hand, who he fires first, and then the other drones proceed as well. And then, you know, all the shots are bypassing the shield. They're hitting the ship directly. And Cheater's like, they, they've managed to bypass the shield. And officers are like, what? And then they look over at Rat Trap, and Rat Trap looks like, so looks like the, yeah, it looks like the puppy that you found that had gotten into the trash. And he backs up a little slowly as Optimus approaches. He's like, what were you doing? He's like, what I had to do. And, you know, so 
Optimus is turning back to Cheetor. You know, Cheetor's like, well, we don't have any weapons. And then we get like this moment. It's almost it's it was very dramatic, almost like opera ish or very coordinated. You've got all these drones on the ground and you've got the the guilty spark Megatron in the middle of all of them. And he waves his hands in the air to instruct them to fire. And we get this almost concert like shooting of blasts erupting from all the drones hitting the anti-grav units of the ship uh the maximals are, are like oh what do we do what do we do and uh rat trap like with the they they realize that the ship is going to go down uh with the last bit of energy uh rat trap manages to put a force field around the the spark container uh, which is supposed to protect them. Uh, but not before, of course, Cheetor's like, look what you did. And I was like, we don't have time. We got to save the Sparks. So with the ship going down, they've got a force field around the, the Sparks. And we see the ship starting to lurch. And then it starts heading toward a tower. Uh, crashes into, well, actually, because the tower doesn't take any damage, it seems. No, it just kind of the, like. Yeah, the, along the side yeah, because it's made yeah. of giga of twelve gigatons <laughs> of titanium. Um, but the the ship manages to to crash into. Um, I'm pretty sure it was this. No, it wasn't the citadel. Citadel is the city itself. Oh, it or you know what? Maybe other. it's diecast. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, like the Ark was. Like the Ark was yeah. exactly. Yeah, it wasn't built. It was poured. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, the so the the grand mall is, is down. Uh, we've got smoke billowing up from it. Uh, Optimus, you know, he he manages to, to clear some rubble off of himself. He calls for Cheetor and Rattrap, who you know they both manage to to survive. Also, uh, Rattrap manages to plug in and check. He's like, the sparks are safe, but we've got no power. He's like, we're we're sitting ducks. He's like, the it's over. Um, Optimus is, is at least relieved that the sparks are okay. Uh, but you know, at this point, they're kind of boned. They've got drones that are coming at them. Megatron's approaching. Uh, there's real Optimus is like, is there anything we, we can do? He's like, and Rattrap's like, no. We was like, we got no power. He's like, it's just gone. There, there's nothing else that we can do at this point. Um, so yeah, with everybody approaching from all sides at this point. Optimus is like, I swear that, you know, we will protect, but I swear by the Matrix that we will protect these sparks. Megatron will not get his hands on them again. So we, we cut to the, the container and then we start to zoom out. And we've got all these drones that are sort of buzzing around the wreckage of the Grand Mall with a, a like a literal wall of obsidian drones sort of lifting up behind it. And that's where we cut to the credits. Okay, so... So two things, and you can cut this out, Greg, but yep. um, I'm going to add to the end of the episode or something. I have the I have the, the interaction between Rat Trap and Botanica when he says he's going to put her in the through the shield thing. Uh, but I was too busy uh, arguing with Emily to play it. <laughs> so I'll, pl- I'll put it at the end and you can edit it into that part if you want to or you can not. Okay. But I do have the I do have the ending here. Can you reroute the shields somehow and get them back online? With what? We got no power, no where, no how! What did I do? What was I thinking? As you said, you did what you had to do. Well, this is it, people. The beginning of the end. 
And as the Matrix is my witness, Megatron will not get those sparks. Does he talk more? I forget. No, that's pretty funny. Okay. I guess that was all for the cool music when I was <laughs> pulling these part of these uh, clips today. Okay, so the reason I played the Mr. Freeze Heart of Ice monologue at the beginning did have to do with this very ending. Those sparks mm-hmm. look just like the snow globe. Snowflakes. Yeah. yeah, they look like the <laughs> snowflakes in the snow globe that Mr. Freeze yeah. holds. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was surprised that none of you guys got that, but that's okay. Because I still did it. And maybe, uh, you know, somebody, uh, one of our listeners figured it out. Maybe what is cosplay noticed it or re, re, uh, uh, oh, Ryuki? Re, re, uh, re, what? Uh, Ria? Ria. Yeah, Ria. Or not, or not Ryan, Ria. Sorry. <laughs> Ria. I'm going to cut that out. I'm bad at, I'm bad at words. Ria Rose. Yes. <laughs> I will say what is cosplay's casting is also <laughs> I yeah well yeah I mean yeah that's cool but uh you know her Twitter name is what is cosplay <laughs> so yeah that's, um yeah. I mean it the episode had good moments I just feel like with knowing that these are the last three episodes it seems like they're they're trying to cram a bit much into it it seems and. Even before we started recording, I I made mention that it feels very it feels sort of like a three parter from Power Rangers. It's it it feels like there's some stuff that we really did not need, uh, which makes me feel like we probably could have had this this done in two episodes if we hadn't added a bunch a bunch of stuff in. I love this. This is the best episode that I've seen in a long time. I am totally on board for the for the final three dealy and yeah. I have final two because this is one of the final three. Well, I mean, but I'm like on board for the for the three parter. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling good. Nothing's gonna get me down. I'm sure it's gonna end strong. <laughs> this this series has never let me down so far, except for all the times <laughs> that it did. I was wondering if you were gonna try and fit that in. And also, also, I will say this. Compare this to the the fucking Tiger Hawk episode of the of the of Beast Wars. Like that was True. one of the last, you yeah. know, that was one of the, those, that was like what kicked off the final arc with beast wars. Yeah. Like, I mean, is this bet? This is stronger than that. It's, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, probably as strong as the end of all time in space at the end of season two of beast wars. It's not as good as season one of beast machines or the, I, what, how did the, how did season one end of beast wars? Uh, Season one ended with the the moon exploding. Oh no! Okay. Yeah. Season two, the agenda. Yeah. Season yeah, I'd two say is kinda, the agenda. Yeah, I'd also say this is kind of on par with that. Like the like the good. This is on par with the good season finales of the show. Hmm. M. Jordan, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's um, yeah. It still feel a little off to me. I mean, it's not terrible. And there, like I said, there's some parts in there that I really liked. You mm-hmm. know, like you know, just some scenes and stuff, but. I don't know. Something feels still a little off and I can't probably place it just yet. Yeah. Again, it might just be something that's like taking the last couple episodes as a whole would probably make, make, you know, make me be able to come up with the idea better. Um, uh, I'm really kind of at a loss. This. Yeah. M, how about you? I mean, yeah, it was, there was good parts in it, but also like there was parts that I thought were like a little bit like 
maybe not earned, I guess. I think it, I think it would have been good if, if the parts that I complained about not being earned had been earned, but... And it still is good. It's just not... I don't know. It's it's pretty good. It's it's one of the better episodes. Of this- mm-hmm. So I don't know what it is because I think I think where where you guys are at is where I I've been at previously in the show where like there'll be a really rough patch and then we'll come mm-hmm. to an episode that is like decent and then I still won't be able to enjoy it because like <laughs> because of the yeah. previous stuff. just because I'm just one- because like just because like uh, yeah because the tone has been uh, so uneven and I don't the show doesn't have a lot of my goodwill for some mm-hmm. reason though when I came into this episode maybe I was in a good mood um mm-hmm. maybe I was in a particularly bad mood maybe I was in the mood to watch bad things I don't know but like I just I just was like totally on board like I I took everything at its took everything at its word or took every, you know, gave everything the benefit of the doubt and was able to really enjoy the episode in a way that I had like nothing, you know, even because even like the last couple episodes weren't actually that bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it is, is the last couple episodes weren't actually that bad, but they were mostly yeah. like just should have, could have, would have too little too late. You know, the show was already ruined for me kind of stuff. And so then this is like a step up even from that. And I also I somebody, although before we started, a couple of you guys said that you had you had finished it out and it didn't. And the show doesn't end strong. But somebody said that it said something last week that made me think that the show ended strong. So we'll we'll see. We'll see whether it does or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well. Well, that being said, we, we do have a, uh, a news post as well as a few questions this week. Um, so why don't we dive into that news post? Our news post, as always, is provided by at Lady K Hirsch on Twitter. Uh, she goes on to say, hey there, Beasties. It's the beginning of the end, both for the Maxwells, Beast Machines, and Warren Beast. Sees being trapped in a drone body has caused Megatron to at least partially revert to his Beast Wars state of mind. It's good that we aren't the only ones that notice that, um, though she doesn't think that has made him any saner. At least the Maximals have an actual endgame, uh, even though Optimus isn't smart. But enough of that. Let's move on to the news for this week. Uh, first up, we have four new images of Power of the Prime's Nemesis Prime via the Planet Icon Facebook group. She provides us with a link. Uh, we get to see him in packaging, in his full-size robot mode, and in vehicle mode. Uh, but most importantly, we get a look at his smaller Orion Pax body, which we can now confirm has a new evil head. Sounds weird when you say it. But it's not Radiant. an evil giant head. True. Um, no word on what. Hey, I know name. who Orion Pax is now. Yay! <laughs> um, More on no that word on, on what they're going to call this inner robot yet, though. Scourge, Optronics, Orion Bellum. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, up next, Hallmark has revealed their 2018 Transformers ornament. After a streak of G1 characters, including Prime, Meg, Soundwave, and Grimlock, Hallmark is finally doing one in, of a Beast Wars character. And a fan favorite of that. That's right. It's an ornament of everyone's favorite Beast Wars character. Hold on, hold on, hold Star on. Let Scream. me guess. Oh, oh, you said Starscream. <laughs> Sorry. I was gonna make. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Quick Strike. 
she actually did put ellipses in and I just ignored it. <laughs> so maybe she was expecting you to guess. Um, but yes, she says Starscream, uh, as has been the case with the last few Transformers ornaments from Hallmark. And this one is an artist crafted recreation of its original G1 toy itself. So I'm assuming, uh, I'm assuming if it's, oh, you damn it. I'm, I keep thinking of jokes right after you say something that makes the joke not work. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm assuming that it's Starscream while he's possessing uh, Waspinator. Yeah, Man, Sally, you need to be, Sally's just Starscream. If, if you like, were like further from good. me, yeah. if, you were, if you lived further away and the Skype, there was more of a Skype delay, then I would have come up with those jokes faster. Yes. Yeah. Um, this festive backstabber will be available in Hallmark stores and online starting in June. Then it's like, hmm. So, and now for a little media spotlight. The Machinima Power of the Primes animated web series now has an announced premiere date of May 1st. Voice actor Frank Todaro, who has done other voices in the previous two installments, including Starscream, was also announced as the voice of Sludge, the Dinobot Brontosaurus slash Apatosaurus in this series. Normally, she wouldn't bother to talk about that second tidbit, but apparently his birthday is also May 1st, which she thought was kind of a fun little coincidence. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so our last media highlight is that Hasbro and Paramount will be launching a website for the Bumblebee movie soon. The website isn't live yet as of this recording, but she imagines it will be at the time of this episode's release since the first trailer for it will be repeated will be premiering on April 25th at CinemaCon 2018. In the meantime, UBCs can just keep refreshing the website's URL at bumblebeethemovie.com until they actually launch it. So that's all for this week. Uh, she legit kept dozing off trying to think of a question. Uh, gonna go off the top of her head and ask, Hey Kendall, what did you think of that time the Ultimate Fantastic Four accidentally unleashed the Marvel Zombies FF on themselves? She thought it was a fun little crossover idea and a nice twist on the meeting the main universe counterparts concept. Also, how do you feel about Marvel making Ultimate Reed Richards into one of their big multiversal bad guys as the maker? She personally likes that they made a Reed Richards evil, and as much as she thinks the main one sucks, she doesn't remember him using the R word like Ultimate Reed did so she can buy him being the less evil of the two. Main Reed's precocious, super genius daughter sure did, though. Hey, comic writers, don't use the R word. Okay, have a wonderful week. Don't let yourselves get crushed by any giant floating heads crashing down into the planet. When did I... So, so she's referencing comics from, like, 2004. I kind of remember those. I don't remember. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember Ultimate Reed Reed saying the R word, like, in the last 10 years. Like, I mean, it's just like, it was okay to say the R word before 2008. I mean, it wasn't okay, but it was okay. You know what I mean? Like, people... People I are still stupid don't think comic book characters should have been saying. Yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just also like Punisher, or like one of the darker. I, I, I mean, <clears throat> I just like I. That's one of the things that has become unacceptable culturally, relatively recently. So I don't know if that's something because because the Marvel on. Zombies crossover was yeah that was literally like in that might have been that might even have been in like two thousand two like that was well, the Marvel zombies crossover because like what happens is like it's ultimate comic ultimate fantastic four 
it wasn't a crossover. It introduced Marvel Zombies universe to begin with. Right. And I mean, then... but that arc is called crossover. Sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that was that's what she was talking. I think that's what uh, she was talking about. Marvel Zombies started in December two thousand and five. Right. Okay. So it was two thousand four then, probably because the uh, the yes. the yes. crossover was prior to the Marvel Zombies was a sequel to the Fantastic Four crossover. Yeah. 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 Because um, like. And for those who don't know, what happens in that story is that, like, Ultimate Reed Richards starts talking to what we think is 616 Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. And he starts, like, you know, through, a, through some kind of device he creates that lets him talk to different dimensions. And he, he starts, like, talking to him. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go visit you. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. And then he goes over there, and it's the zombie universe. And he was, and the, the Reed Richards that was over there was, was, tricking him into doing that so that they could you know yeah. eat another i've always i've always meant i've always meant to read that uh i read the first couple arcs of ultimate fantastic four um i read a lot of ultimate fantastic four yeah even though it wasn't that good it's, i mean I it's basically zombies i mean it's it's pretty good it's if you liked the if you liked the fantastic four reboot movie it's basically that um <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's probably a little it's a little bit better if you like like you said if you liked the reboot movie it's that if you didn't like the movie it's not that, <laughs> um but uh but I mean I've I've always meant to read that I read see I read Marvel Zombies and didn't really like it but I like Kirkman a lot more now than I did back then so I I'd, I'd like to revisit that and also I like Bendis a lot more now than I used to so it'd be it'd be cool to to revisit that. And then also, uh, Reed, Reed becoming crazy and evil in the ultimate universe is kind of what the ultimate universe is for. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was, you know, to do weird twists on characters. I mean, uh, the, the, if you read the ultimates, like that is, they are, those are some terrible human beings in that, especially like ultimate Hank Pym and the wasp relationship is screwed up. Yes. And, and, uh, I mean, I mean, that's, you know, good, good, bad, or indifferent. That's what the ultimate universe is for. And I think that, uh, Hickman did some interesting stuff with, with evil Reed in secret wars and stuff. Uh, mostly I'm looking forward to Dan slots run on fantastic four though, because I'm not a fan, a fan of fantastic four full stop. I'm not a fan. Uh, but I think that Dan slot is going to do an amazing job on it because whenever he has, incorporated fantastic four into his works or characters from fantastic four into his works. He totally gets it. And he was the, he was, a, he's a huge cheerleader and a huge fan for, uh, for, for Spider-Man. Like he was a huge fan of Spider-Man and then he got to write on Spider-Man and the one, the other characters that I feel like he is that excited about are the fantastic four characters. So I think he's going to do a, a great job there. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say, I don't think, Marvel zombies could top the the panel I just put put in the chat. Yes, I just saw it. Oh god! <laughs> <sighs> it is literally is that. By the way, that uh, that's Morbius. Yes, they 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 in comic treated as pretty much as as you would think that should be treated. Like it yeah. was not. It was not like oh no no. Because uh, I think I think uh, I think. Uh, I think it was one where they had uh, Machine Man go in and do stuff, which also had the great that great moment where Machine Man was talking to Zombie Stilt Man, oh, okay, the Spider Man yeah. thing, where they're like yeah. looking. He's like, "Oh, you have." He's like, oh, "You know, in another universe, we could have been friends." And Stilt Man's like, "We could have." 
And then he just uh, slashes him apart. He's like, nah, I was lying. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like Marvel Zombies because it seems really mean-spirited, honestly. It, it, it kind of <laughs> is. Yeah. I don't like it. Like, it's not for me. Uh, so what do we have for questions this week, Jordan? So we have a couple of questions. We uh, One second. Bring them up. Uh, as I mentioned, and I, I'm just only pointing this out just so they know, uh, Gwen sent us a question that we can't answer right now uh, because we don't want to give spoilers away. Yes. But we will we will get to it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from the Facebook group, we got from, oh, I'm going to say his name wrong, but Joe uh, Rick, Riccardelli? Is that how you say his last name? Yeah. The, the From the Atlanta Ghostbusters. Friend of the podcast, Joe. He's been on yeah. before, actually. Yeah. I just... Fortunately, we had an issue where... We asked Joe for his opinion on the last episode. Yeah, I did uh, that. And then he got me the the audio in a timely manner. And I was a dick and was like, yeah, this will just magically end up in Greg's lap. And then it actually give it to Greg. So we're going to play that this episode. Yes. So that um, shall so be it's regarding on last episode. But yeah, we, it, it, it's regarding last episode. But Joe went to the trouble of recording it for us. And we're going to use it. Um, and I'm sure it'll be really interesting. I haven't listened to it yet, actually. But I'm before we release this episode and uh yeah uh, excited. Um, they asked us on the facebook group i have a question since i just found out this entire time the transformers have been able to literally pull souls out of each other why haven't they been doing that seems a more effective weapon than taking pot shots at each other well i mean megatron certainly tried to do it to them all yes. yeah yeah uh, i was gonna say that it's a war crime that it is it is not something that is normally done like the pax cybertronica or something like that is like do not take sparks from living still living bodies yeah. like like fucking Decepticons care about it well <laughs> some some people no I think like, it was, well i mean and also it was a relatively i assume megatron invented them. yeah like i'm i'm kind of thinking that up until like when megatron tried to do this whole thing it was kind of one of those not done like not normally done in war kind of, like even in war well, kind i'm not of. sure if they could do it like, as a technology i'm assuming that beast machine slash beast wars megatron invented it to do his evil plan i don't think like yeah that but... was a thing that existed before now or, or otherwise they would have been um and then megatron and mysteries tries to use it against them a few times but it's unsuccessful because like you have to hold someone still for it it's like you have to like you already have to have them like under your thumb to do it you know what i mean yeah but um, yeah, like I kind of honestly see it like one of those things where like uh, it's one of those because it doesn't look like it's a, uh, even with the spark extractors, it does not look like it is a simple, uh, you know, like like taking like taking off someone's glasses or anything like that. It looks kind of painful. So, you know, people might be like, well, I wouldn't want to go that far. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. anyways. What do you think, Kendall? Sorry, I've been trying to find when Reed Richards uses the R word, and I can't find it. I can't. I would not be surprised if they'd gone back and kind of scrubbed it's, that. Though. Well, it's difficult to Google. It seems like I'm, yes. I'm sure it happened. It, it probably it probably wasn't like like Kendall did say like back when that was being published, it wasn't as controversial a thing to say. Yeah, yeah, no, so no, it probably I, wasn't even noteworthy when it happened. I mean, I I read a I just read a Spider Man comic from the '80s. Where they refer to someone who was in the country uh, undocumented as as an illegal. They're like, oh, all those illegal. You're an illegal. Oh, well, you know, illegals. So, I mean, I yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. That's I. I just the way that the way that Casey said it, it made it sound like it was a recent controversy, uh, which doesn't seem to be the case. So yeah, it probably was. She probably literally did just read the freaking crossover. 
the Ultimate Comics crossover uh, series this week and expected that I would somehow know exactly what she was talking about, which I is close. Recently, from years ago, and I asked people about it. Sometimes they know what I'm talking yeah, about, though. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like it's like I I literally I read like the first 18 issues. I think the crossover is like issue 25 or something like that. But yeah, OK. I, and we were talking about Marvel Zombies last week, I think. That's probably the other reason. I, I think yes. It worked, wait. Yeah, because we were talking about Megatron going from body to body and ah. seeming like a zombie. Yes. OK, that, so makes, that makes more sense. sense. So, yeah, maybe that maybe she remembered that and she reread the comics and she had a question about it. Yeah, it's really possible. So cool. Yeah. Um, we also got from the Facebook from uh, Rhea Rose that says, I'm probably late long weekend of magic, but what body do you think Megatron was looking at when talking or of needing to build himself a new form to take the uh, to take at the beginning? Think it's closer to his original Bobby or maybe even G1 Megatron body. Uh, some of us have actually seen the last couple of things, so we know exactly. And we already so know. we can't so we can't really we can't we were trying our best just to only hint and not give like two obvious things. Yeah, but. Uh, I think Emily and 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 Kendall, you haven't you haven't watched all three episodes yet, so no, I'm not. I will honestly say that when uh, I first saw it, before I saw the episodes, I I was going, you know, I was also on the same mind as what you were thinking of, like you know, so so like so you I'm know, wrong is like yeah, <laughs> like because I because I was you know like I thought and I can't remember like wasn't what. Oh, never mind. If I go any I, further, I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin it. I remembered it because I remembered how jarring it was when I saw it the very first time I ever saw the episode back when I was okay. a teenager. So I still remembered it. Like I remember this all through. I knew we were gonna get to that point. I just it was kind of fuzzy how it how we get there. But yeah, you you definitely get a hint of it in this episode. I will say that. In the spot that I mentioned, there is definitely a hint. So if you're paying attention, you'll be able to figure it out. I think his new body is going to be a blueprint. It's going to be just going to be a bunch of outlines. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think that's pretty clear. There's going to be a triangle. Yeah. Something at an angle. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe I saw sleaze. Who knows? So does anyone else want to uh, take on their guests or what they thought when they saw it? saw him looking up to the things you know i was i wouldn't have said this before today but just based on uh, some stuff i've been thinking about i would say quick strike would be quick strikes body that that seems to make the most sense he's like the most important character in beast wars so you don't think it would be like wasp Vader and thus he would be indestructible uh, i'm gonna be completely honest here kendall i'm trying i'm i'm trying to figure out how i'm going to word this next statement <laughs> I'm just I'm really curious as to what your reaction is going to be. Like, oh, I, oh my I God, is idea. it optimal Optimus? I'm not saying one way or another. <laughs> I'm just wanting to know your reaction. I'm very curious as to what he's going to be fucking optimal Optimus, isn't he? I'm not saying, not saying a word. Shall I continue with the questions? Sure. <laughs> I mean, Optimus Optimus is like never mind. I was gonna say he's gone, right? Because he became. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so on Twitter, we got from Powerful Sapphic Aura at What is Cosplay. Uh, does everyone else also think that this show has been on a downward spiral? For example, have we all had enough of those discs? Cold, pe- cold pizza for breakfast or pancakes for dinner? Which do you and the BCs prefer? Uh, I do think it was kind of odd that they once again brought up the, get- 
the disc. But then when Nightscreen mentioned the the uh, VR chips, I thought that was a really great way of at least they were doing something different with it. Yeah. Like they, it wasn't just like the chips, then the chips again with, with one notification, he was integrating something that they actually called back to. Yeah. So, I mean, I at, so I thought they at least were, tr- you know, they were trying to make it much more interesting than before. Uh, and I think we were talking about this earlier about like, even at the top of the episode that it's more of like, kind of like we were feeling some of the things going on in the show as a whole was kind of on a downtrend, not so much as this episode itself. Mm, yeah. I think that's what, I think we were talking about that at the beginning of the episode or was that off mic? Uh, I think we might've mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, as for breakfast, um, or cold pizza for breakfast or pancakes for dinner. Um, Cold pizza. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I, I mean, like pancakes for dinner is really good too. Like, but I would say you guys I are pizza's kinda... good because I don't, I don't have to cook it. It's just there, right? <laughs> you guys are What's crazy. Up? You guys are crazy. We live in a world with microwaves. <laughs> why, why would, would you, you... put pancakes in a microwave? Yeah. What? Why would you? Why would you ever eat no, cold, no, pizza? cold pizza? Warm <laughs> your fucking good. pizza up. It tastes What's terrible. Cold, cold pizza tastes great. Only so, like uh, oh. I was gonna say, I I do kind of like cold pizza as well. Just, just honestly, microwave pizza is kind of shitty. Like when you microwave a pizza, it doesn't taste that good. If you're gonna heat up a pizza, put it in the oven or like in a toaster oven. Yeah. Like, yeah, because if you put it in the microwave, then the crust is all sort of soft and soggy. And... Yeah, but 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 besides the fact, cold pizza is fucking delicious. Cold and pizza like, is a lot awful. Of people, a lot of people think cold pizza is delicious. It's not yeah, because those people are weird. No, you're weird. You're and looking... pancakes for dinner is like a legit thing. Like breakfast for dinner is is a is well, yeah, something no to be excited about. That. How okay? Because yeah, no that one's. Like, how that's... is it not a legit thing? Pizza for breakfast. A lot of people do that. No, pizza like, for breakfast like, oh, is I fine, thought... but not. But cold pizza is disgusting. Okay, well you're wrong. So have fun with that. Have fun over there being wrong. <laughs> so, my caveat about it is like I prefer cold pizza, but I've had more pancakes for dinner. Yeah, pancakes for dinner is yeah. good. I just, I just don't know. Cold pizza is nice because it's like. You wake so, up and you're tired and you're like, fuck, I don't want to cook. Oh, wait, I don't have to. I got pizza. So are you when you guys say cold pizza, are you talking about pizza that was left out from the night before or pizza that was refrigerated? Refrigerated. Oh, pizza left out from the oh night no, not not left out. I will eat a left, well, not left oh. out on the counter so much as like it was from an order. And then we like wrapped up and th- that's yeah. right. Right. Yeah. No, I will eat pizza that was left out because no. I was going to no. say I was going to say I could almost understand Eating, pe- you, eating pizza that was left out overnight. Did you did you think we meant like raw frozen pizza? No, I did not think you meant raw frozen pizza. Okay. <laughs> I thought you either meant pizza that was left out on the counter because you were too drunk and lazy to put it away the night before, or whether you meant pizza that you carefully put into a Tupperware container and five minutes after you were done eating and put it in the refrigerator and yeah. then checked the temperature to make sure that it was food safety. Like I'm, I'm saying is what I'm saying. Cause, cause Especially in winter I, when like, it's already a fucking fridge in my house. <laughs> cause like, cause like I could, uh, I will, and not just pizza, but just, if just about summer, anything. I would not leave pizza overnight and eat it. I would like, yeah, summer. No, that's really bad. But like, yeah, like just from the standpoint of all the stuff that can start growing, Oh yeah, um, like summer, absolutely. Uh, like if, if, if it's like colder seasons and I leave it out, I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll eat it in the morning. 
Well, I, I haven't died or gotten sick yet. So no, whatever. I'm I'm saying I'm saying I'm, I mean I'm I'd be I I can no, see I, I, leaving I, 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 food I, I, out. I can see leaving food out and having you know the little remnants of it in the morning because you wake up and you're starving and it's just like grabbing whatever and it's like if you're in that perfect thing. But like fucking cold pizza is so gross. It's, it's like is the thing. It's like it's, it's like really cheese and bad sauce and wow. see that's why you buy so, good pizza with good then, cheese then good fucking sauce put it, and it tastes just as then good warm it up <laughs> so um i was gonna say there is an actual like viable reason for having pizza cold pizza for breakfast and not bothering to microwave it okay mm-hmm. what is you're that jordan dorm, you're a dorm without roommates and they're all asleep that will wake them up true good point <laughs> microwave the microwave ding and uh, sometimes it, it really depends on the room. And, like, and mean, even so, and even so, okay, okay. Dorm room. But even, even, even assuming, even assuming that there are situations where you're going to have less than ideal food, like why are you, uh, why when you have the option between hot pizza and cold pizza, would you ever choose cold pizza? It's cold pizza tastes good. And sometimes I will like make sure I, I don't eat the whole pizza so I can have some cold pizza in the morning because I fucking love cold pizza. I think Cassidy knew what the answer to this question was going to be. <laughs> and she just wanted to see how this is, far down the rabbit hole. We this is it. worse than when she asked us about group projects in school. <laughs> I will tell you, Ken, that like nine out of ten people like cold pizza. You cannot say we're the weird ones. It's fine if you don't like it, but no. Look, a bunch of people voted for Donald Trump too. It doesn't mean they're not weird. But he didn't actually win the popular vote. No, to see. We're not getting into the. No, 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 no. We're not going there. Um. Don't compare Donald Trump to fucking pizza. God damn it, man. I mean, I deal with the general public every day. Most people are weird. Most people so are, are we dumb and go weird. Over who we think the beasties, what the beasties prefer, or are we still too angry to the pizza? The beasties would all eat cold pizza because they <laughs> fucking love it because it's fucking delicious. I was gonna say like with the with the guerrilla war that they've been running and stuff like that, they probably wouldn't have time to always microwave it anyways. Yeah, yeah. But the That's the answer to the question. The microwave takes like two seconds. <laughs> moving on, moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> that's that's all the questions okay. we have. All right. <laughs> God, we just spent 10 minutes arguing about cold pizza. Ugh. So does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? Um, I'll plug Game Apartment 1C once again. Uh, Dan's been, you know, regularly uh, streaming things on Twitch at on Fridays and stuff like that. I also will like to announce because we're gearing up and going to be hopefully putting episodes out, but we are doing our best to record and get stuff there of uh, a cartoon rewatch and and discussion podcast called What's McCracken? And yes. you can find you can find us on uh, Twitter at Krakencast, which is uh, C R A C K E N, uh, which I'm still glad that I got before anyone else figured out to get that. Cool. Yeah. Super Emma, cool. how about you? Uh, or rather, Emily usually goes sorry, first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> um, you can catch me on other audio entry podcasts like uh, Home Harvard Losers. Uh, about Dragon Ball, Teenage of Attitude, about Power Rangers, and my own podcast, In Pursuit of Passions, which, again, there was a new episode uploaded recently where I talked to Luna about transformation, and or Sarah, as she's also known by now. And, yeah. Cool. I'm sorry. I got thrown off thinking Also, you can catch people. me on Twitter at this, uh, at this is Emerald. <laughs> I always forget that one now. I, mean, I always interrupt Ken, and I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kendall, how about you? 
Um, you can find everything I do at KendallCast.ninja. Um, the we got a big episode of uh, of that's what we called music with a question mark. Uh, we where we talked about dot 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 baby one more time by uh, by Britney Spears. Uh, iconic 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 pop song from the late nineties. Uh, really like what the whole podcast is about is that song. Like it's that that's the song. Uh, and it was a pretty good episode. Um, and, uh, also be on the lookout. It probably will not be up by the time this episode posts, but it, but it may be up by the time the next episode posts, uh, me, uh, Jordan and, uh, Jared from my pull from the pull list podcast, as well as maybe somebody else, uh, are going to be reviewing the first volume of Optimus Prime, the current uh, IDW comic series, on a little podcast that I'm calling. Remember, I used to be a Predacon, the Silver Bolt Book Club. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then also uh, I'll throw this out there as well. Uh, I will be at Free Comic Book Day um, on uh, May 5th at Pack Rat Comics in Columbus, Ohio. I think there's one audio entropy listener in the Columbus, Ohio area that sometimes posts on teenagers with attitude or something. So, so you should come, uh, it's a really cool event. Uh, there can be lots of, uh, like creators and stuff there, but also I'll be there, which is the most important part. Uh, yeah, that's all I got at K Hallman on Twitter. (laughs) Um, as always, you can find us and many other podcasts on audio entropy.com. If you like, uh, following us, you can find us also on Twitter at Warren Beast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast podcast. Sorry, I had a bit of gas. If for some reason you like listening to my voice and want to follow along with my random thoughts, I do some retweeting every once in a while. I might post something about something I'm watching. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Kendall last episode, of course, made the realization of what my twitter handle spelled out uh but it's at greg c m u n and no it was not for the reason that he said last time it was because greg c m o n was taken and i thought that m u n sounded like the first initial because greg c m o n wouldn't sound like greg seaman at all it would have been seaman like monday yes why why does it come from that like what do you why did you want that well, I just I did it because I'm well. For folks who know, I live in New Brunswick, and I live in a city called Moncton. So I went with M U N because it sounded like the first part of Moncton. Okay, cool. Also, there's been like a little trend on uh, audio entropy, folks telling like what the origins of their screen names is. So yeah, very true. So yeah, yeah I did the, the, I did the hashtag. Mine is my first initial followed by my last name. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Oh. Oh. Also, uh, Kendall, since you're going to be at a comic book convention, I'll be at a comic book or while you're doing free comic book day, I'm going to be at a comic book convention in May. I am volunteering for the East Coast Comic Expo, which I'll be in Moncton. Uh, It's going to be Friday night. And so Friday night, the 18th and Saturday, the 19th. If you're around and you're looking around and you see somebody with a Optimus Prime hoodie, hey, that's me. Uh, so I'll probably either be running some errands for artists or working at a table. Uh, so keep an eye out for me. I'm, you know, I'll be around. I've been there every year. So, so yeah, there you go. Another week we have 
literally two episodes remaining. Where the hell did they go? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're not here yet. That's why you can't yeah. see them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for Warm Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. And I'm Kendall. Let's roll, folks. So my user handle is just because of uh, I needed a good guy online name. <laughs> Break this, and I'm busting you out of here. If I can create a field exactly matching the shield's harmonics. Too risky. If Vircons detect it and lock on. Vircons I can handle, but not what's happening to you. All right. Hi, uh, everyone at War and Beast and all of your listeners. This is Joe from the Atlanta Ghostbusters. Uh, I was asked to come and chime in on this episode by Emily, since it does deal with the paranormal, possession, and other such uh, ghostly apparitions and and activities. Uh, So I took a watch of the episode. This is the first episode I've ever seen of Beast Machines. Uh, I kind of dropped off Beast Wars sometime before the end of it and never picked it back up uh, back when I was a kid. So uh, other than the episode that I did... Uh, it, back in the Beast Wars season with Starscream, this is the the most recent uh, Beast Wars related content I've watched. At any rate, uh, so I guess the summary of the episode is that they think Megatron's dead. Uh, Optimus says that he felt his spark uh, evaporate, and but then his spark starts to possess a bunch of empty shells and uh, like other robots that don't have sparks in them before. Rat Trap is able to contain him in a spark extractor, which is something I had to look up, uh, and then repolarizes him and then traps him into the next body he inhabits. So, this is a pretty interesting, pretty kind of spooky uh, plotline for, for Transformers. Uh, it has a lot of implications if they can just pull each other's souls out of their bodies with the spark extractor stuff. Uh, I don't know if that only works if the spark is. Depol- uh, or was it depolarized? Uh, or if you can just do that to anybody. Uh, if so, I'm not sure why Megatron doesn't just use one of those to put himself into a more intimidating body than that little weird little uh, drone thing that he ends up in at the end. Um, so, yeah, I guess the uh, the science of everything is what I want was supposed to, to comment on. So, kind of picking up where my thoughts were back during the Starscream episode last year or whatever that was uh, the the sparks that that act as the souls of the Transformers uh, they seem to be able to be disembodied maybe more easily than humans can uh, without necessarily killing the people um, so and they, and they don't I'm not sure if they're you know positively negatively charged what they're created if they're el- if they're electric then they'd be negatively charged so maybe everything works kind of opposite the, uh, as they do in, in uh, biological creatures. I don't know. I guess technically our consciousness, uh, consciousness is electric as well. So, yeah, there's there's implications there. Uh, but and then I guess in Beast Machines, everyone's techno-organic. So they're just combinations of uh, organic uh, being and, and uh, like technological being. And I don't really know what that means uh, as far as the context of the show, but I guess it was just so that they could have like cool toys and stuff that were that looked kind of like robots, but could still have animal parts. Um, but at any rate, uh, so 
as far as the science goes, uh, he was he mentions that he needs or he he needs to fight the spark, but he needs positrons to neutralize the spark. So the spark must be negatively charged. Uh, but then he uses a he uses the spark extractor instead to uh, to capture it uh, and contain it. I am assuming the spark extractor holds its own little magnetic field to uh, keep the spark contained, uh, and then be able to uh, I guess alter it because he he it's he's they said that the spark was depolarized by the sonic scream. Whoever is able to do that. So I guess one of the transformers is able to scream at someone so much that it disrupts their soul, and that's fucked up. Um, and once he repolarizes the spark, then it's trapped in the next body it goes into. Um, so, he, and he's able to do that with the spark extractor. So I don't know if they can, I don't know if it goes both ways. Uh, but yeah, as far as you know, polarization goes. That's either giving it a, a positive or negative charge. Um, so I guess, and I'm, so maybe their their sparks are positively charged in order to stay in the body if they're active, but then they're negatively charged when they leave the body, and that kind of works like a ghost. Uh, uh, so like just kind of pulling from whatever dialogue was in this episode. I guess that's that's how I have to. How I have to uh, approach this. So I guess starting from the, from the top, uh, Prime thinks that, or I guess Primal. So Optimus Optimus thinks that uh, a Megatron spark evaporated. Uh, so that and then the you know the ions were dispersed, but really it just went from positive to negative. Then the because it was a neg- you know negatively charged, it was able to inhabit all these other bodies without anchoring itself. And then when Rattrap, uh, first he wants to neutralize it with positrons, but then he decides to trap it with a spark extractor, repolarizes it from negative back into positive, and then the next time Megatron inhabits uh, a body, it anchors it there. Um, and then he's finally able to talk again. So I'm not I'm not sure if he just wasn't able to in the other bodies, if he was just being quiet to freak everyone out or not to reveal who he was, or if repolarizing restabilized him. He may have he may have been unstable. Like his he may not have had, you know, complete consciousness in that negative uh state as he was hopping from body to body and flying around. And maybe that's the reason why they don't do this sort of thing all that often. It's it messed him up. <clears throat> But once he was repolarized, then he starts talking and monologuing again, and uh, goes back to his old self, even if it's in a different body. Uh, so I guess that's my that's my take on what's going here, going on here. Um, I decided to try and compare it to the closest analog that came to mind uh, in the Ghostbusters universe, which is Real Ghostbusters season one, episode two, Killer Watt, uh, and that's when a, there's a creature that is electrically based, and it's able to possess various electronics and appliances and um, it possesses the Ecto-1 at one point and in the end it possesses a, uh, a power station, a big uh, uh, power plant in Brooklyn that powers all of New York City in this, in this universe. And that was about as close as it got. So like the, but that one was, the way that Killer Watt worked was a lot different than Megatron where instead of Killer Watt possessing each um, device individually it was sending ghosts 
to possess all these um, appliances and stuff. Like it takes over a, a Stacy's department store, uh, so as so as not to uh, violate copyright. And um, and then it takes over things like power lines, and it takes over the Ecto One, and then it starts creating monsters out of pieces of the power plant and generators and stuff. So that's that part was kind of similar. And then they defeat that by cutting off its power supply and then trapping it in a regular old trap. So it it worked just like any the rules of, of regular you know, ghost capturing worked, where it was able to be contained uh, in a proton stream and trapped in a ghost trap. Uh, kind of similar to how, how Megatron's able to, you know, is still susceptible to these spark extractors. He's no different or more powerful than, I guess, anyone else's spark, uh, or at least not by much. He does still seem to pull Rat Trap around. I don't know if other sparks ever do that. Uh, but yeah, so that's... That's kind of my analysis of this episode. I uh, hope that's what you guys wanted to hear, and that I provided something you know of some value to your listeners. Uh, but if you need my input on anything else, or if you have any questions, uh, you can get me at tank at atlantaghostbusters.com. You can follow us on Twitter at atlghostbusters, uh, or go to ghostbusters.com and visit our Facebook page and that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm always happy to answer any ghost-related or paranormal questions from there, if you like. Anyway, have a great day.